The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Personal Finance brought to you by Discovery Bank, the future of banking. Now, Warren Ingram is an executive director at Galileo Capital. He's a personal financial advisor. Tonight, how you should treat Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies with reverence, with respect, or with disdain, or with an acquisition mindset, I wonder, Warren Ingram. Where are you going with this? Um, I, I, well, I think the, fir- the first point is you should treat it as a uh, either as a very dangerous weapon or a very dangerous tool. You know, it can be useful and it, it can be extremely destructive to to your wealth. Uh, I think the interesting thing for me is that uh, that as the story carries on, uh, the, the Bitcoin story, and I guess just m- maybe in general the whole cryptocurrency story, we, we, we need to understand that none of us have a clue how the movie ends. In, you know, we're not looking at an asset like a share where we can say, well, you know, we can do a valuation and it looks, you know, radically overvalued and we should we should sell because, you know, we can make a huge profit and, and, and let it fall again and buy in or something like that, or a bond or a property. The, the, this is something that is just by definition completely new. Uh, and and I think the world is trying to understand it. You know, we've got the believers that would say that this is the alternative to to all you know currencies around the world, and and it's the way that the world must move. And then you've got people on the other side saying, on the other side of the argument, I should say, saying that this is you know just another thing that will be you know speculated like tulips and 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 you know all, all sorts of crazy not scams but just bubbles that have burst in the past. And and you know, watch out. You know, you, you, the more you follow this, and the, the bigger the price get, gets, the more likely you're going to burn your fingers. And and the reality is, we don't know. None of us, none of us actually know. You know, the, the, this feels a heck of a lot to me, like like the IT bubble in you know the late 1990s when you know we were told that the internet was going to change the way that we do business. And you know the the believers were were right. You know they they, they were absolutely right. You know, a business like Amazon uh, changed the world, and you know take a lot in South Africa certainly has, has changed the world. But they, they were ten years too early. And the, the early investors in in the whole internet story, uh, the, you know those those investors lost a heck of a lot of money, and most of the businesses then don't exist. And so this might be one of those stories. We just don't know. The trouble uh, but, but, with with hype cycles, Warren, is that I first learned about Bitcoin when it was at $1. And I went, Pff. if I'd just taken $100, which at the time a 10 to 1 was yeah, a, yeah, a thousand rand, and I had bought 100 Bitcoin and had not looked at them again until recently, my 100 Bitcoin would be worth an awful lot of money. Uh, what's that, $6 million or thereabouts? Um, we'd be having a very different conversation today, but I didn't. And I just wonder whether or not, and here's, here's my thinking on this, whether Bitcoin, which has gone from one to 60,000 in about 10 years, can do a 60,000 times growth again over the next 10 years. And I think basic mathematics tells you that that is quite unlikely. Unlikely and and uh, not impossible, and uh, I think the, the the you know the immediate sort of counter argument I've got in my head while you while you you know putting that scenario out is if it can do that, we we've seen Bitcoin lose eighty percent of its value in a very short space of time, and and so you know to sixty thousand dollars can can you know become a few dollars again, 
and and that's the thing is we we're, we're dealing with something that that should be treated very carefully and, and the fact that the bubble if it's a bubble the fact that the bubble gets bigger and carries on longer is po possibly the most dangerous aspect of this because it lures more and more and more people in uh, and and you know this this thing of uh, you know the fomo of you know the fear of missing out just builds you know it builds pressure uh, and and I always think you you know I don't really mind the, the the scenario you've you've discussed now because I mean we've we've had this conversation many times uh, and I still don't mind losing profits. What 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 really bother uh, what really bothers me is when I actually make an investment and it really loses me a lot of money. It would bother me much more to have put you know a hundred thousand rand in and and it's now worth twenty thousand rand. That that because that was a decision I I took that wasn't necessary. And and I've 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 realised a loss. Whereas you know if you miss out on a profit, that's fine. You know, lots of great investors um, miss out on profits all the time. The the trick is not to to um, you know miss out on profits. The trick is not to realise big losses. And and I think that's the the issue with with something like Bitcoin. And there are people. I mean I've met a few you know that, that you know haven't just done case studies and scenarios. I've I've seen what they've done with their. Bitcoins, uh, the Bitcoin speculation, and they've made a heck of a lot of money. Uh, and the smartest ones to me are people that look at this and they say, I'll put money in on day one that I can absolutely afford to lose. And when it doubles, I'll take half the money out and I'll let it carry on. And if it doubles again, I'll take half the money out and I'll let it carry on. And and so I think to me, you know, if you are going to take a punt, uh, and that's what I feel it is, it is a punt. I, I don't think you can put a valuation on this and say, here's a calculated investment analysis uh, story, uh, you're taking a punt. Um, and if you're going to take a punt, do it with money you can afford to lose, uh, all of it. And if it goes incredibly well, well done, congratulations. But then make sure that you start taking profits out of that so that you don't experience that, you know, uh, let's say $10 million down to, to, to $1 kind of a ride, which could happen. You know, the re regulators are looking at uh, cryptocurrencies very carefully and and I think uh, if it poses a threat to their system, to the system that they have entrenched now, uh, re regulators are very quick to to regulate a threat to the system completely out of existence. They've done it lots of times in the past, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that again. Or at least try to do so. At least try to do so. That is the point. I mean, they may fail because the crypto happens mm -hmm. in the blockchain and it happens in a world that regulators are often very slow to adapt to. Um, and, and so that is, you know, they, they'll try. There's no doubt they'll try. The question is whether or not they'll succeed. Well, well uh, I think the one thing is to go from... Let, let, let's just say that ecosystem, you know, the, the, the cryptocurrency ecosystem, the, the day you want to convert that to to a meaningful amount of of money to or value to buy, let's say, a house, uh, you know, at some point you need to convert those, let's say, your Bitcoins to your, you know, your Camps Bay mansion. Now, uh, th that's where the regulator will 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 catch the system, because at some point, you know, they're going to say, well, where's this money come from? You know, you've got to you've got to prove your source of wealth. Uh, you know, you've got to prove the source of funds, uh, so it won't pass the FICA test, for for example. Uh, and and I think that's the big issue here is that, you know, it, it might be an extremely valuable form of transaction, and it and and you know the, the whole blockchain technology is a totally different, uh, you know, has totally different values for for many different businesses, but w when it's anonymous, 
that's a threat to to lots of things. For example, you know, I mean, you know, anonymous currency is a great place for drug smugglers, you know, people smugglers, terrorists, all all of that, all the criminals. Uh, you know, I guess a lot of our uh, maybe ex-corrupt politicians, you know, ex-politicians who are corrupt, I should say. Uh, you, you know, wh- where's their store of wealth now? And and so at the moment they want to convert that into something real, tangible. Uh, that that will be where the, where the regulators will will, will uh, catch them and stop them out. So so that's my concern. Uh, you know, if you, if you had to kind of you know posit a really negative scenario, and and as I said at the start, I, I don't know how this movie ends, but but I do think uh, it, it is starting to evolve. A lot of people are looking at this and saying, okay, well we can launch an exchange traded fund that tracks a basket of cryptocurrencies. And and so now you, you're finding that crypto, the crypto is crossing over into mainstream financial services, and that's interesting. And a lot of people saying maybe this is the new form of gold. Maybe this is the way that you know we, we have a store of value that's unrelated to other countries, governments, economies, and it will perform when when we're concerned about those uh, you know those kind of more mainstream economic factors. Uh, and it won't perform when when the world is going well and you know markets are doing well and people aren't so fearful. That that might be the the, the Bitcoin story in the future. That to me it's it's becoming the most possible outcome. But to to to, to your point, you know, can it go from sixty thousand dollars to six hundred thousand dollars in the next year? I, I I think it's unlikely. Yeah, and I mean the, the the question here is: Do you sit on the sidelines and and allow patience to run its course? Because invariably, um, assets like this, um, when they rise as fast as it has, at some point, enough people start getting worried or greedy or panicky to start selling, and it pulls back. Maybe it goes from sixty to fifty, fifty to forty, forty to thirty, thirty to twenty. I don't know where it goes, but at some point your risk tolerance kicks in and you go, I'm not, I wasn't willing to pay 60, but actually I'm willing to pay 20. Well, I'm only willing to pay five. And you wait on the sidelines waiting for it to go to five. If it doesn't go to five, well, you know, it didn't. And did you really miss out? If it does, well, then you can buy a lot more. Um, and maybe that's the point. You know, got to, you got to pick your entry point as with any other asset, whether it be a share, a commodity or anything. Well, the the... The, the the difficulty for me, you know, listening to to that scenario, which is a, a lot of really sensible investors are 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 in that boat. The the thing for me is still, how do I calculate this value? No, what okay. do I actually own at the end of the day? You know, even with gold, which is another thing I don't like. You know, gold doesn't generate dividends or rent or interest. You know, when it's not going well. All you've got is a holding cost. You know, if you hold it in a vault or, or wherever you hold it, you know, it's it's only costing you money and, unless it's really performing. And and to me, you know, even with gold, at least it's it's a physical thing. You know, I can I can actually put it in a truck, I can move it somewhere, and I can you know give it to a bank and tell them to give me five bucks for it if that's all it's worth one day. But but if Bitcoin really does collapse and it goes to that you know that, that scenario of being regulated out of existence, you know, if you if you go in at your five thousand dollar level. Uh, you know, you know, you've got five thousand times zero. You've got zero. Yeah. No, no. Uh, and and, Look, and I, 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 I get you, Warren. Okay, Warren is being circumspect and responsible because he's the advisor and he doesn't buy it. He's not buying Bitcoin. He doesn't buy the logic and he doesn't buy it either. And also, there are about eight thousand of these things, and there are new ones being created each and every single day. And I just, uh, I, I, I don't know where I would begin to think about beginning to think about 
getting involved. Uh, a question from Brenda. <laughs> uh, a question from Brenda. I need you to give you, give you a moment to think about it. Brenda's been keeping an emergency fund in a savings account. Well done, Brenda. But Brenda is not happy with the interest that Brenda is earning. And stock markets are doing so much better than cash. Should Brenda use that fund to get some share exposure for her emergency fund? That's Brenda's question. You have a moment to think about it, Warren Ingram, and we'll get back with an answer in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. So, Warren Ingram, uh, the question from Brenda, can she stop investing in cash? It's boring the living daylights out of her uh, because her interest rate is not as high as it used to be. And Brenda would like to get some share price exposure instead. Uh, the, the, the important point there is that the cash is, is, has a job and that job is to be the emergency fund. And, and so, I, I mean, it's an interesting question because it's coming up, um, you know, increasingly as interest rates have come down. You know, this wasn't really a question we were being asked, you know, two, three years ago when interest rates were nice and high and the stock market was, you know, going down or sideways for, you know, for years on end. You know, lot, lots of people were very happy to have cash in an emergency fund and, and other in cash investments as well. And now that, you know, we, we, we can hear these ads saying, you know, earn 4% on your, on your interest, suddenly that doesn't sound so attractive anymore. And, and I think it's important to understand the role of the money before you make the investment decision. So, so in this instance, your emergency fund is, is really there to protect you in the day that something goes really horribly wrong. Uh, and and you don't have uh, other means to to fund yourself from some expense that just wasn't planned that you just couldn't foresee, and and of course you know I, I mean COVID has taught us that you know th- th- that's that's a reality for all of us right around the world, and in an instance like that you know if you had taken your emergency fund gone out of cash put it in the stock market, uh, and and let's say the stock market you know did what it uh, what it did in March 2020 you know you, you suddenly lose. You know, potentially a third of your capital that you've got in your emergency fund, and the and the point of the emergency fund was to help you for for the bad times, and and now you've lost a third of that money for no reason other than the stock market's gone down. Uh, it could put you in real trouble, and and suddenly you're now potentially out of a job because that was the emergency that you had. Uh, you, you know, you need to embrace debt now because your emergency yeah. fund isn't big enough to to cover you for three or four or five months worth of your expenses. Just and, remember and the is, purpose. The purpose of the fund. The fund is not there to make to earn you money. The fund is there as an insurance policy. And unfortunately, insurance costs money. And in this case, um, it's a very clear example of that. Yeah, and and what it is doing is giving you actually a little bit of money. So so in, in, it's the one instance where you know it's it's self insurance, and at least uh, you, you're making a little bit of money. It's pathetic. I'm not I'm not saying it's great money, but but the reality is it's something that you are self insuring. You're not paying insurance companies a fortune. You're not paying banks you know massive uh, you know interest on debt. You're putting yourself on the path to your financial freedom, and that that's what the, the job of this emergency fund is. It's not there as an investment. Okay, final question for you this evening, and it's a, a phrase, a word of the week, ESG. What is ESG? ESP used to be extrasensory perception and was a perfume, but I don't think ESG is nearly so sexy. Or is it? No, 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 it's, it's not. Uh, it's much more valuable, though. So, so it's, it's, it stands for environmental, social, and corporate governance, or, or just governance. And, and really, it's, it's about... People um, imposing values, their, their 
their personal values or, or their, their corporate values or their, their pension fund values on the way that their money gets invested. So, uh, you know, I guess we don't have to debate whether, um, you know, whether climate change is, 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 a, is a concept. I think we're living in climate change now. And so the E from, you know, from that is, is around the environmental issues. So a lot of the time now we're seeing banks, for example, saying we will no longer fund, you know, coal mines. We will no longer fund fossil fuels. And and that's a, a, that's exactly the impact of of environmental uh, the environmental part of ESG, and and then social deals with things like human rights, consumer protection, you know, uh, I mean, um, even animal welfare and 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 things like child labour in you know in, in in countries that are not your own uh, or, or in your own country, and then the last is is corporate governance, and and I think South Africans must be incredibly sensitive to this. You know, this is something we've lived with for the last decade of, of really, you know, mismanagement, both of our parastatals, our government, and, uh, you know, and other companies that we've seen just blowing up through terrible governance. So, so ESG is a, is a thing, it's real, um, it's, it's gaining enormous uh, traction right around the world. Uh, and, and I think we'll see this evolve, you know, where, where, where uh, pension funds and big fund managers will be forcing companies uh, to, to actually start to take these issues much more seriously. And, you know, people that maybe are in their 50s or 60s would not have thought about things like this. But, but watch, you know, people in their, in their late 20s, early 30s, this is one of the most important criteria to them when they make an investment decision is, does it align with my personal values? And I think, you know, we, we, we all have to take this seriously. It, it is a big theme and, and something that will grow in power over time. Thank you. Warren Ingram at Galileo Capital. Warren is a personal financial advisor and director at Galileo Capital.